You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. All right, welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, it is my privilege and honor to welcome in the president of Purdue University, uh, President Mitch Daniels. Mitch, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good, Adam. Thanks. The honor's all mine. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Enjoy our, our conversations. Of course, this is your third visit to the podcast, our first since uh, last fall. And of course, a lot has changed since we talked uh, last October. Uh, of course, chief among them, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic that hit us this past spring. Uh, last spring, you had to make that tough decision to um, turn to a virtual learning session to end the spring semester. However, also made that decision to have students return to campus on fall. Talk about that importance of having students on campus versus virtual learning. Well, we're a residential university. That's what the taxpayers of this state uh, uh, help us uh, 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 so generously to provide. Uh, we've done probably more than most schools to use technology uh, in, uh, in our teaching and uh, nothing new about that here at Purdue. But um, we still believe, and I'll guarantee our students believe, that personal interaction with our outstanding faculty is an essential part of their learning and their growth and the reasons that they come here. And uh, so we are uh, doing all we can to uh, maintain that at the highest level consistent with their safety and the safety of everyone else in our community here. Uh, but um, we're uh, uh, intending to have even more um, face-to-face -face interaction in the spring than now. And uh, everything, when we survey our peer group, Purdue has maintained a much higher level of uh, in-person instruction than the others. So um, no one's happy about where we are, but uh, we have done our best. We know it's important and we're gonna do better yet uh, in the terms ahead. And of course, a big part of that was the uh, protect, Purdue, protect Purdue plan that was unfolded, uh, I think over the summer, at least late spring. and the importance of keeping Purdue protected and getting all the students, staff, and faculty to, to get on board with that. Talk a little bit about that and the importance of that. One of the most important things was making a, an early decision and getting started. Uh, I, I, even uh, early on, we knew so much less then than we do now. It was very clear to me that to have a fighting chance of maintaining uh, a, a residential campus this fall, we had to do a lot of things uh, simultaneously, uh, make a lot of investments, a lot of changes, and uh, we needed every day to get to get going on that. You know, yesterday I was on a, a conversation, a, a multi-party conversation where someone asked me, they said, our home state, uh, Purdue equivalent, the, uh, uh, the uh, land-grant school in their state, uh, state, which is a larger one than ours, uh, collapsed within the first week or two and had to send all the kids home. And what was the difference? And I said, well, I don't know all the particulars there, but clearly making the decision, starting early and then working relentlessly all through the summer on all the changes to physical facilities and policies, putting in place a, from nothing, from scratch, a more than 100 person Protect Purdue Health Center to run testing and tracing. Uh, all of this um, uh, I think was necessary for us to arrive where we are. We're now within two weeks of the end of the semester and um, 
and it was uh, that was not to be taken for granted. Yeah, and praise God there hasn't been any major hiccups. I know, you know, nobody's perfect, and you know, there's always a couple things here or there that may have caused some hiccups. But over overall, it seems like everybody has bought in to the to the protect Purdue plan, and talk about just your satisfaction with that. I'm enormously proud of our students. Every Boilermaker parent out there, frankly, every citizen state ought to be proud of them. I could uh, still quote you verbatim the, I thought, very cynical uh, observations of many people months ago, including some, I must say, on this campus. Oh, you'll never get students to behave themselves or discipline themselves in a way that will be necessary. Um, our, our students have totally disproven that. And they've embraced the uh, uh, inconvenience and the impositions of, uh, of the pledge. And uh, uh, f to be honest, our big issue now, having worried for a long time about students uh, potentially spreading the virus to our neighbors, it's really the other way around. The virus is spreading in the uh, county we live in, and it's m at a much higher rate than on this campus. And so we're worried about it being imported to campus where our students uh, overwhelmingly are uh, doing those things necessary uh, to, to keep it under control. So uh, I was not surprised to see this. In my years here, I've spent hundreds of hours with the young people who come to Purdue. And one thing I knew that the cynics did not is that our young people uh, do first of all have high values they tend to come here with those and secondly they they want to do things for others and uh, the Purdue pledge was much more about protecting other people our staff our faculty our neighbors in the community the people who are more, more vulnerable you know the typical Purdue student who gets it doesn't even know they had it or they have a very minor uh, irritation uh, type symptom so uh, uh, I guess I was more hopeful than others that we could get 40 plus thousand young people to pitch in uh, really in, in, in an altruistic way and they did. Yeah it's been incredible and awesome to see that you guys have made it here pretty much to the end of the semester. Talk about if you can. Um, plans or expectations as students do go home for Thanksgiving through Christmas break before they return to campus. Right first thing we want to do is, is try to uh, move as close to zero as possible the, uh, uh, let me say, out-migration of the virus. So we're going to um, encourage, we have encouraged every student to get tested immediately upon arrival at their hometown. Uh, if they want to, we can, we will test them right before they leave. But the very best thing is to get tested on arrival and then take a day or two till you get a negative report. And then they will take home with them a test kit, which they will then self-administer within a few days of coming back in January. So just as we did for the fall semester, every student will have to submit a negative test before they're allowed back on campus, allowed back in our um, uh, academic uh, registration system. And um, um, that's, that's a uh, process that we re have, have refined over the course of the semester, and I hope we can uh, develop it further between now and, and mid-January. Yeah, for sure. And it's been amazing to watch Purdue, like you said, we've made it this far, and, we, and they've been doing well and responding well, and been thriving too. And one of the coolest things I've seen throughout this was back in early September on Purdue's Day of Giving. It was a record number, 
0.2 million, even more than last year. Talk about just what that says about the Boilermaker community, that spike challenges and people have lost jobs, et cetera, to, to see that turnout and that, and that record giving. I think it says two things. The first one, which you just mentioned, is that even at a time of economic distress, uh, our alums and, and our students, for that matter, our faculty and staff, everybody in the Boilermaker family uh, really continues to care deeply about this institution and wanted to pitch in. And uh, um, this, the second thing it says is that Boilermakers are innovators. We basically invented Day of Giving. It's now uh, spread across the country. And uh, in, in fact, we were getting so many inquiries, how in the world do you do this? Uh, that uh, I told our people, don't give this away. And, and a couple of women who helped to put it all together formed a little company <laughs> and uh, are consulting with schools who want to uh, emulate it. But no, um, every year we've done it, it's set a, not just our record, but a national record. It's a great, uh, uh, for those who haven't watched it operate, different affinity groups uh, compete to see who can do the most. You know, the whether it's the... Uh, 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 the the alum, alumni of our business college versus the engineering college, whether it's the music uh, uh, graduates, uh, uh, various athletic boosters, um, and uh, it's a lot of fun, and it has, again, been a, a tremendous uh, 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 way to not only raise a lot of money, but bring the whole uh, Boilermaker Nation together. Yeah, and another way they continue to thrive, I you know, feature the uh, Purdue uh, Discovery Park District again not too long ago. They continue to grow despite the constraints and restrictions and challenges. And that State Street corridor just continued to, to boom over there. Talk about that. Right. The uh, uh, it, it has seemed to me for some time. In fact, uh, it, it was one major among many it, uh, reasons that I decided to accept this job. Is that a a, a great research university and. And fortunately, in Indiana, we have three of them. Um, I obviously think ours is the biggest and best, but um, <laughs> a great research university can be even more than a, a, a place of great teaching and a place that uh, creates new advances. It can be an economic engine. And Indiana needs more of those, more hubs where lots of jobs, high quality jobs get created. And, um, and so Tippecanoe County is on its way to being one of those. And we think that uh, Purdue, whether it's a, a GE or Saab or, or Schweitzer Electrical Labs or Rolls-Royce or the other companies that we are now recruiting, we've tried to build a great ecosystem, a great uh, magnet for high tech and, uh, and other uh, um, uh, successful companies to come. Uh, first of all, Indiana is a great place to do business anywhere in Indiana. Secondly, to come here and be on the border of a, a university like Purdue, which is a source of fantastic talent and future employees and perhaps research that helps your company get even better. That's basically the idea. And that's why we worked with the city on the State Street Project, trying to create now the environment, and you can see it blossoming, that will uh, bring a lot of prosperity to this area and, and spilling over to the rest of Indiana for the foreseeable future. Great. Uh, so good to hear. And yeah, it's, just, it's amazing. Want to hit in a couple other quick things. I know you're kind of running out of time here. Uh, last week on the podcast, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it yet. I featured the, the Purdue Polytechnic High Schools, which I know you're a big support 
of. Uh, I talked to the three principals, Shatoya Ward, Kiana Warren, and B.B. Hardrick, who just spoke so uh, very glowingly uh, of you, uh, very high praise for you and your leadership, and of course, the support for their schools. Talk about uh, just the schools in general, and of course, your support and uh, getting behind that. Of all the new initiatives that we've uh, attempted here at Purdue, there's, there's none that's closer to my heart, or I think um, more important Purdue's future than this one. Uh, as you know, the, uh, we, we grew impatient, uh, waiting for the school systems of this state to begin turning up enough minority students and low-income students and first-generation students uh, who were uh, qualified and, and ready to succeed at Purdue. And so we went out to build our own pipeline. That's what those, uh, so far, three schools represent. We are at such a critical moment right now. Uh, school number one, the one in downtown Indianapolis, is in its fourth year, so we now have seniors. Yes. We have the first, we had a meeting yesterday. Um, now about 50 uh, so far of that class, getting uh, you know close to a half the class, is uh, making application at Purdue. And, and Adam, just to tell you, if, if even a third of that class, so 30-some, were to enroll here next year, it would double the number of students we've been getting out of the IPS system um, uh, in, in recent years. And, uh, and it, would mo it, would be, it would at least double the number of minority students. Yeah. And so uh, we're very excited about it. The, the students there are way above the uh, average levels when tested uh, compared to uh, uh, the rest of IPS compared, frankly, to most of the state. And so uh, uh, we're, we're incredibly enthusiastic, but the only metric that matters to me and that ultimately matters here is how many of those young people wind up at Purdue and then successfully uh, graduate from here. But uh, we're very hopeful. And the, uh, the, the, the women, all the principals you just mentioned are women, are doing a fantastic job of getting those young people ready and uh, feeling comfortable uh, that uh, this is the place for them. Yeah, for sure. And it was a, a joy talking to them. Any, I don't know if you can say any plans to, to start more in the near future? Well, we just opened our third this right. year. We have to, we want to take it uh, as far as the concept uh, can be proven. Uh, we do have to have some level of, uh, of cooperation uh, or at least acceptance in the uh, in the places that we go but um, um, we'll take it it'll be at least a year or two before we think about any anything further but we're very very pleased to, to be at three growing schools right now and um, uh, absolutely the my thought has always been that ultimately it'd be great to have a network of these schools around the state Purdue is, this, is a university for the whole state. And, um, and, uh, and this problem of, of not enough minority and, and, um, and uh, low-income students coming to um, here and IU and elsewhere uh, is a statewide issue. Yeah, sure. Well, that's a, it's just a great program. So good job with, with that and everything you're putting into that. Uh, lastly, real quick, if you have a minute, uh, I know you gotta get to another meeting. I always love talking sports with you. So if we don't mind wrapping up with that, of course, unfortunately we lost most of our uh, fall sports this year, but at least uh, the Big Ten was able to save football and it is homecoming week, albeit a little bit different than a normal uh, homecoming week. Uh, just talk about the excitement, at least having a, a football program uh, playing this fall. 
I'm awfully glad that it was able to happen. Um, and uh, I think we, we now know that you can play uh, certainly outdoor sports with essentially zero risk, uh, really. You know, the, o- the only cases, the positive cases we've had have not come in competition. They haven't even come in practice or training. They've come in the social interactions outside of, uh, of football or the, uh, the other sports that are in training. So uh, we're all learning how to do this. And it, is, uh, it does bring some uh, fun and excitement back to campus. I'm very sorry that, uh, that the Big Ten uh, uh, has not been able to see its way clear to let some students into the stadium. You know, as I pointed out to them, I would rather have several thousand students in a great spread out in a massive Ross-Aid stadium than indoors in dormitory lounges or rooms or bars watching the game on TV. Uh, Everybody understands that, but they felt that for appearances sake, we should uh, uh, sort of stay where we are. But um, that notwithstanding, uh, uh, the team's off uh, uh, 2-0, playing an undefeated team this weekend. So a win would be great. And in between now and then, we're having a virtual homecoming and Frankly, uh, if people in the uh, hear about it and take advantage of it, they will see as much and learn as much about campus as they probably ever would uh, traveling here. Yeah, a little bit crazy, but more so awesome to think that a lot of the eye, the nation's eyes will be on uh, West Lafayette on Saturday night on a primetime game, right? Right. Awesome. Hey, President Daniels, I thank you so much for your time. I always love having you on the podcast and I look forward to doing it again in the future. Thanks for the invitation. See you soon. All right. Take care. Boiler up. Boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.